Peace Ty. Hello, podcast listeners. It's Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical 3, senior year, one minute at a time. I'm Condra. And my name is Tyler. And today we are talking about Minute 48 of High School Musical 3, senior year. Minute 48 starts out with York telling Tiara that she is also an understudy. And ends with Taylor announcing that she is going to throw Gabriella a going away party. Wow, lots of exposition in this minute. Yep. You are also an understudy. I am going to throw you a going away party. I th- it's not I think as it's clunky to... in the... <laughs> it's not Rick Olay in the Phantom Menace. No. <laughs> Coruscant. The whole planet's one big city. It's a blockade. That little droid did it. <laughs> so... You got another one? The other ones, you catch on quick, kid. Oh, my <laughs> So Yort and Tiara continue their little banter. Tiara's not very happy that Yort points out that she's also an understudy. Like, it's a bad thing. Like, Yeah, this is one of those, like, they, they start banting. They're bantering. The bants occur. And it's like, okay, I get that from a, like, a film language standpoint... We're supposed to understand, ooh, these characters are like rivals. They're mad at each other, but maybe there's some tension there. Gross. Um, romantic tension, as it were. Gross. I hate that. We'll get into like the specifics of the bits that they're doing yes. at each other. But also, like we just got set up that Yort maybe might pursue Sharpay. And yes, it was a joke, but like it was like, oh, like that could be a thing. And then and then right away we're like, nope. Yort and Tiara Gold could be a thing. Is Yort in a love triangle now? What's going on? I think Yort is a good example of a freshman boy. <laughs> in that, yeah, he's not particularly... He, he likes the concept of dating someone and the concept of pretty girls. But he know, he does not understand the specifics in any way, shape, or form. Well, okay, so the whole thing with Tiara and Yort is that Tiara's like, well, I'm an understudy, but at least I can hold a tune. Oh, insert that, like... That gif of, like, the rap battle? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's, like, kind of how Donnie reacts. Okay. I did not gl- to even notice that there was a reaction. I was just like, oh, this is very weak insults in a in a kid's movie. Okay. <laughs> And so Yort is fired up by Tiara's comment and says, I wouldn't sing with you even if my hair was on fire and you were the last bucket of water on earth. This is so extreme because, look, yes, did she call him a moron mere five seconds ago? Yes. Yes. Was she wrong? Is that like... No. (laughs) Is is that... Do you want to be called a moron to your face? Not really. No. But, but like, like, he's probably used to it. Do I immediately go to last person on earth? No. If I've just met this person? Yeah. They've literally, like, what, how, do, do, have they said any other words to each other before? Not that we've seen. So it's, it's. I mean, and maybe this is the extremism of what a 15 or 16 year old feels. Yeah. But it's way too flowery of language flowery as if that metaphor was flowery but you know it was unique enough absolutely i like that yort went to his hair being the thing under attack (laughs) i was like oh boy we got another one his hair's on fire what is he disney hades a what is he disney elemental 
Pixar Elemental. I'm not giving you other people with hair on fire. Calcifer. I that he just is fire though. <laughs> I guess the elemental are fire too. Yeah. But I feel like sometimes it's like a. I feel like maybe in like the haunting of Hill House or something. There's like a someone has a vision of themselves, but with their hair on fire or something like that's the sort of thing that you would see in like a spooky vision. Yeah. But I can't. I can't remember what any more specifics. That's okay. You know, people who are actually smart have like a like a cachet of like interesting references in smart movies that they can call back to. If instead we reference Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace <laughs> <laughs> and commentary the musical, the the musical commentary of Doctor Horrible's sing along blog. We're we're visionaries in our own right, Tyler. We're 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 audionaries. Wow. So anyway. <laughs> Tiara retorts with, I wouldn't sing with you if I were starving and you were the last pickle at the picnic. Which is a better insult. Is it? Because calling him a pickle is like a little bit funny. You, I mean, yeah, it's like a funny phrasing, but like it makes less sense than Tiara being a bucket of water. Last pickle at the picnic is just like a solid turn of phrase. Well, yeah. So, did they mention pickles earlier in the movie at some point? They were, like, eating lunch and there was pickles with the sandwiches? I don't think so, unless it was, like, on the sign for the New York special. But was when Ryan was getting lunch, he was like, ooh, you know I want those pickles or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) So, there is pickle lore in the High School Musical (laughs) series. Oh, no, not pickle lore. (laughs) So... So... Immediately after Tiara's insult retort, and we as an audience are going like, oh, they hate each other so much. Your rolls back with, you want to get lunchroom time? (laughs) And Tiara goes like a, hmm. I roll. Like it's, I roll, but it's also like a little cutesy. Like like, maybe I'll say yes. Yeah. But she just walks away. Yeah. I like that she doesn't say anything. (laughs) But Donnie does. Then Donnie says... Ooh, start your engines, which is a little creepy. Yeah, it's gentlemen, start your engines. Gentlemen, yeah. We don't need a we don't need a va va voom. We don't need a like a a wolf's howl type no. thing. Like, yeah, we don't approve. The, yeah. And then we move on to Yort asking Donnie if he wants to see the guitars. Yes, luckily we 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 cut out of this scene with not objectifying women I guess now we're objectifying guitars which are objects so that makes sense yeah so in terms of like the overall structure like where Tiara and Yort are in this movie now we have the potential for like uh, we've set up this idea that like okay the understudies only go on if the lead actor's not available and we get this like little gleam in Tiara's eye of like I'm willing to make that happen, which is finally delivering on like a prediction that I had had earlier in the movie, which is relatively obvious that Tiara is going to sort of like come for Sharpay mm-hmm. or maybe come for Gabriella. Who knows? But she's a character foil for Sharpay. So that would make more sense. She's coming either way. And then Yort is a character foil for Troy, but he maybe doesn't want to hurt Troy. So maybe he's going to be like, like following Tiara's lead and then like, wait, I don't want to actually make them like 
hurt them or do anything bad. I thought, like, Troy's my friend. And Tiara's going to be, like, full of ambition and want to enact her evil plot. With her British accent? I see I see them teaming up and and Yort being sort of a reluctant... Crony? Yeah. But also, like, thinking that it's the right thing to do. Because he wants to be Troy. And, right? He... It's the sort of like I want to be you, but but in doing so I'm I'm skinning you and then putting on your skin, which is creepy and not ideal. No. And then But anyway. Yeah. We leave the scene. We leave the scene. And we see cut, cut back to the the, the yearbook the room. Newspaper, the yeah, the yearbook room. Is it just a computer lab in general? Maybe. It seems like it's the hustle and bustle. We've come back here a couple times and other times it has definitely been the yearbook room. But this time it's not clear per se. I think it is though because they do talk about like, well, we still have a yearbook to do and stuff. Like, yearbook is on the brain. Maybe. I think. I think in general we we might be forgetting that like in two thousand nine or two thousand eight or whenever this is supposed to take place, a room with computers in it in a school, and that was it. There was lots of hubbub and lots of people moving around because. You needed to do use a computer to do your work, but there were only so many computers in a school. Yeah, yeah. That was the room where all the computers were. <laughs> so maybe there's a separate room with computers for the yearbook, but we don't know. Yeah. Anyway. So Gabriella comes floating in, dangling this envelope <laughs> over Taylor's screen as she's walking by. And she's kind of humming to herself. <laughs> Gabriella's got a cool, colorful dress on, too. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of classic she's, Gabriella affair at this point. She's but. stylish. She knows what's up. Yeah, we know. I don't think we ever like counted the amount of outfits that Gabriella wore. No, I think we counted the Sharpe outfits, outfits in the, the first, first movie. One, yeah. But now it's coming to the point where Gabriella's outfits are a little bit more iconic, and Sharpe's outfits are a little bit more like, yeah, we get it. Yeah, but I think. <laughs> it just fits Gabriella's character well, as opposed to being yeah. like. Look at me, here I am. So Taylor picks up the envelope and starts reading it. Um, she gets two words in before she screams very loudly, causing the entire room to look at her in annoyance. Yeah. And Gabriella is like, shush, I haven't told anyone. Because we come to find well, out that she's been invited, cordially invited, as it were, <laughs> to an early orientation for the Stanford Honors Program. Which was foreshadowed earlier in the movie, so good on the writers for delivering and seeding this premise. Yep. <laughs> and Tiara's in the background, and her eyebrow goes up when Taylor's like, I haven't told anyone. And there, and there's like even like a little like musical bell cue, yeah. of like ding, like when her eyebrow goes up, which is classic. Yeah, you know, TV movie, High School Musical fair. But yeah, Taylor specifically says like, "Oh, your mom must be so proud." And yeah. Gabriella says, "Taylor, you're the only one that knows," which is a great phrase. Yeah, it's like, does your mom not know that? Uh, well, that's that's what she's saying. Yeah, she hasn't told her mom because she's she's reluctant. She's concerned that if she does this Stanford Honors Program thing, that she won't be able to sing with Troy in the play, which again feels like a weak bit of drama for this movie. Like it's a conflict. It's not, it's not great. Yeah. I don't know. It feels unfortunately about standard for the conflicts that Gabriella typically faces. I guess 
it represents the overall conflict of like, what's more important to me, my high school boyfriend or like my education and my future? Yeah, or the right here and now events or the future. But I just feel like it has like that thematic resonance hasn't been communicated. It's more like a logistical concern. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, oh no, I'm supposed to be in two places at once. That's stressful. I mean, it is. Which is stressful yeah. when you're 17 or 18. Like, yeah. But it's just you know, the the con. It now it's now it's steering the conflict towards oh, what's Tiara Gold going to do? And there's drama about who's going to play what in the musical. Mm-hmm. I caught myself at the end there. Um, and not about the like, oh, is Gabriella going to have to like have a reckoning with her relationship? So like all things in this movie, it's like you had an idea, but you didn't necessarily execute it in the like most emotionally resonant way. Yeah. Which is fine because it's supposed to be a fun and campy movie. Yeah. And it is big stakes for a teen though. Like, Man, I've been putting all this hard work and effort into this musicale and like prom and I care about all my friends so much, but also this big opportunity came up and it could change my life forever and like putting them on the like turning the the stakes up to 10 even though it's probably more like a stake of like a 5. I was going to ask is camp melodrama? Like is it t- making the stakes of something relatively innocuous much higher? Or is Camp just saying the stakes will be relatively low no matter what happens? Or or is it or is it either end of the spectrum? Like I I'm trying to think of other movies that are like considered campy. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is probably the campiest thing. And that would be like the minimalizing of, of stakes. Be like, oh, these are like aliens who are trying to take over the world, but who cares? It's dancing and singing and Yeah. Romancing. Yeah. And then you have like stuff like like American Pie or those like bad teens. Is that camp? <laughs> I thought that was considered camp. I think those are just considered like raunchy teen comedies. Okay. I don't know if that's camp. I don't know. I mean, they go to band camp at one point. That's camp. That's literal camp. <laughs> but. <laughs> I, I don't know then. We're not experts in camp. I haven't pitched a tent in a long time. Indeed. But so, yeah, so it's it's just this scene between Taylor and Gabriella. Where Taylor's very excited for her and Gabrielle's like, don't make so much noise. For once, Taylor actually seems to be like having the appropriate reaction to a yeah. situation. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe the scream in the middle of a busy room isn't ideal. But that's but, like normal for a teen. Like if one of your friends like gets a an academic success, like, you should cheer them on like that. Yeah. And it's, like, and she doesn't have to be like, oh, my God, that's so great. I'm so proud. Like, it doesn't seem phoned in. She's genuinely excited. Yeah. And I think that, I think the issue is Taylor, because she's so, like, academically focused, is, assumes that, like, any opportunity to advance your academic career is an automatic yes. Mm-hmm. And that's what Gabrielle is hesitating about yeah because like it's an invitation to an honors orientation it's not like it's the actual program and her saying no to the orientation will remove her from the program it's just orientation yeah and what if she like just couldn't make it like 
Like, what if she had a surgery? Like, she's like, oh, I'm getting my wisdom teeth removed. Like, <laughs> or my mom's getting married. What if it's just like, well, I can't make that flight out for one weekend. Like, my family can't afford it. Yeah. Or, or I have to take an AP test or like something like that. Yeah. Like, like the, the school would be like, yeah, that makes sense. And literally, she probably put her involvement in the drama department into her application. On her application. Yeah. This is one of those things that like colleges are looking for, you know, dedication, the, the commitments that you're making and the dedication to the things that you believe in. But I mean, they also want you to come to their programs. So whatever. Yeah. It also seems weird that an early orientation is in like April or May. Yeah, like, usually an accepted student's day might be. Yeah, but, like, that's... In April? But that's, like, a uh, if-you-can-make-it kind of thing. There's no... You're not going to miss out if you don't come to this. But it definitely feels like an accepted student's honors program type thing would be in June or July after school was over. Yeah. Like, hey, come, like, come stay for a week. We'll show you all, like, the cool special things that you can do because you're an honors student. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's going to be like a mini college experience as an orientation. Yeah. and Not just like a, hey, come visit the school for a weekend. Yeah. And it's also like if it's an accepted student's day kind of thing, it's like, yeah, that's helpful to have your pre-existing students on campus to talk about their experiences. But if it's an orientation, like the other students shouldn't matter. Yeah. Or sometimes you get, you know, a few students who are orientation leaders, mm-hmm. but not super important. So yeah, what's what's interesting about these two minutes that we've covered this week is that they actually did sort of have plot in them, which we haven't had for a while. We've just had a, a bunch of songs recently, I feel like. Yeah. And the you know, the prom song was interesting and the Sharpay song was interesting, and that was sort of about like, oh, Ryan's gotta get the song from Kelsey and see what's gonna happen. Yeah. It's it's so weird when the, the plot of the movie is about this play, but also we know nothing about the play. <laughs> I mean, that was the first movie, though. We wouldn't well, have known the name of it if we hadn't seen the poster. Like, <laughs> But the first movie at least felt like it was it was about like the characters interacting with each other and with the different programs. That's fair. And this one is just sort of a gobbledygook. I was I was listening to a podcast recently, and they were talking about the Christian football movie Facing the Giants. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of like I've heard of it, but I know next to nothing about it. And they were talking about like how in the movie, like you don't really understand like what position the football player characters are, or like how that relates to their character struggles. And I feel like that's sort of what's going on in this movie. It's like we know who these people are and like what they want as characters. But they don't do anything like if you take a character and you put them in a story, usually they have to be doing something like your Dungeons and Dragons characters go on an adventure and they have a goal. And they like the goal is, you know, either get to the other side of this dungeon or defeat this enemy. And I guess in a high school movie, the the goal is like just like graduate and be with your friends. But specificity is, I think, what I'm talking about here. It's like. We're just sort of vibing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I, anyway. I don't feel like I have a ton to contribute to that sentiment. So, but I, I see what you're <laughs> saying. And it's definitely like, it's not the clearest of what the, there's no obvious like big bad or there's no central, like we don't know what Gabriella's song or Troy's emotional song will be for this movie in terms of like, why, why will they be singing? Or at this point, it's like Gabriella's song would just be like, 
do I what stay do I or want? should I do go? Do I want to go to school or do I do I stay here and sing with my boyfriend? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well, Tyler. I've I've complained about the movie enough for one day. <laughs> All right. Well, I've got a decom for you. If you're ready for the decom. Wait, no. It's, it's my it's my turn. I thought there was a crossover, so it was still my turn because I was not functioning last week. Condor, I wrote a Mad Lib. We're doing mine. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You could save it for next week. Okay. We're doing the Mad Lib. I've been, I've been looking forward to this. Okay. I'm sorry, Tyler. Yeah. It's a movie trailer, Mad Lib. Condor's going to tell me a bunch of words, and then I'll read out the Mad Lib. First up, are you ready? Yes. I need an adjective. Soft. All right, and then I need a mythical creature. A chimera. Great. An ing verb. Dancing. Okay. Uh, a verb. Pretend. Thank you. Another verb. Sneeze. And another verb. Wiggle. Thank you. Um, and another adjective, maybe one that you would use to describe a person. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, thorny. Yeah, that's a person. Um, oh, it's uh, a, um, yeah. <laughs> yes, it can be an emotional adjective. You're right. <laughs> Just thought it was funny. <laughs> um, a magic user. A druid. Great. Or did you need something more specific? No, that's, that's exactly what I want. Okay. Um, an abstract noun. Sorry, I was just going to say pretend again. Um, <laughs> imagination? Is that enough of an abstract noun for you? Yes. Okay. Yes, perfect. An attractive aspect of a person. Confidence. Great. And a term of endearment. Hun. Um, an adverb. Swiftly. Uh, a verb. Cry. Okay, a word that is both a noun and a verb, like exit. Okay, stop. Perfect. Um, a past participle, verb ending in ed. Tired, or is that too much of an adjective? That's an adjective. Destroyed. Perfect. An aspect of storytelling. Volume. Like the volume no. at which you convey the information, like your your tenor, I guess. No, I'm thinking like English, like English class. Oh, the climax then. Great, a number. I like how I like how my brain went to like verbal storytelling, and you were like, no, <laughs> uh, a number twenty-seven. And an adjective. Tired. There we go. Uh, preposition. Two prepositions, actually. <laughs> Near. <laughs> and far. Um, far from. Far from, sure. Because. I know. That's, yeah, far is actually an adverb on its own. I know. Okay. Do you know what it is already? I have no idea what it is. <laughs> okay. Well, you're going to figure it out very quickly. All right. Because I, there, I, I did not change 
many distinct a- aspects. Okay. All right, here we go. Disney trailer. For over 50 years, Walt Disney has turned soft stories into soft motion pictures. Now the tradition continues as one of the world's greatest stories becomes the newest Disney motion picture classic, The Little Chimera. Nice. I want to be where the people are. I want to see, want to see them dancing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I nailed it. Up where they pretend, up where they sneeze, (laughs) up where they wiggle all day in the sun. (laughs) It's the story of Ariel, a beautiful young chimera who wants to become human. He's very thorny, isn't he? I don't know. He looks kind of hairy and slobbery to me. Not that one. The other one. And she'll strike a bargain with a powerful sea druid. Have we got a deal to make her imagination come true? What I want from you is your confidence. (laughs) My confidence? You've got it, hun. Ariel's been turned into a human. (laughs) Have you lost your senses swiftly? The human world. It's a mess. Now, the little chimera is exploring the mysteries of her strange new world. What's your name? What's wrong? You can't cry? (laughs) But to regain her confidence, the sea druid's spell must be broken. Move it. We've got an emergency here. Broken by the stop of true love. (laughs) Stop the girl. It's Walt Disney's 28th full-length destroyed motion picture. Featuring dozens of delightful new Disney climaxes and 27 tired new songs. <laughs> la 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 la. Don't stop now. Don't try to hide it. How you wanna stop the girl? <laughs> this holiday season, share the wonder and magic of a very special entertainment event, a fantastic adventure near the waves and far from the sea. A crescendo of animated hijinks set to music. Walt Disney Pictures, The Little Chimera. Amazing. <laughs> I'm just imagining an actual chimera at the beginning of that movie. Oh my God. Sorry, what? I'm just imagining the beginning of The Little Mermaid, but with the chimera. So it's this horrible looking thing that breathes fire. <laughs> <laughs> and is still underwater. Points. I didn't change anything about the ocean. <laughs> I guess mythical creature could be anything, but I thought maybe you would get it. Uh, you know, at first when you were like 50 years, I was like, oh, is it Rapunzel? But Rapunzel was the 50th animated movie, not 50 years. So it was, yeah. that was where my brain went first. No, because I needed I needed a trailer old enough where it would still be like the trailer voice and the trailer stuff. Yeah, yeah, fair. Because there, I guarantee there's. Well, I'm not guaranteed, but there's probably not a tangled trailer that's set up like this. I don't know. And then you just said dancing, and I was like, <laughs> I can't tell her not to say dancing because then she'll know. <laughs> that's fair. Um, but, but yeah, it was I a love, good trailer. I love when I actually get the right word though, like with the Cinderella. <laughs> no, that's one. the second time in a row you've gotten it. <laughs> I know. I just know what Disney wants from me. <laughs> Yeah, Stop the Girl was good. Stop the Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Ursula says, you've got it sweet cakes to Ariel. Yeah. And you said, you've got it, hun. Ah. Uh, but then, uh, then confidence instead of voice confidence. was very good. <laughs> <laughs> and then that she can't cry. <laughs> <laughs> she can't 
can't cry. <laughs> so relatable. That, that has so much to do with confidence too. Your your willingness to just cry. Um, is it worth it for for me to read the original? Last time we did Cinderella, I read the original. I mean, you might as well just so people can, if they're okay. not familiar with it. All right. For over 50 years, Walt Disney has turned classic stories into classic animated motion pictures. Now the tradition continues as one of the world's greatest stories becomes the newest Disney motion picture classic, The Little Mermaid. I want to be where the people are. I want to see them them dancing, up where they walk, up where they run, up where they stay all day in the sun. It's the story of Ariel, a beautiful young mermaid who wants to become human. He's very handsome, isn't he? I don't know. He looks kind of hairy and slobbery to me. Not that one, the other one. It's a scene with Eric and the dog. Yeah. And she'll strike a bargain with a powerful sea witch. Have we got a deal to make her dream come true? What what I want from you is your voice. My voice? You've got it, sweet cakes. Ariel's been turned into a human. Have you lost your senses completely? He's a human. You're a mermaid. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) The human world. It's a mess. What's the name of the seagull character? Scuttle. Scuttle. Yeah, he says that line. Now the Little Mermaid is exploring the mysteries of her strange new world. No, the human world, it's a mess. That's that's Sebastian. Okay, maybe. I don't know. It was just the voice, not the Okay. And I and I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna put in the the, the vocal um no. dialects no, into my trailer. She's exploring the mysteries of her strange new world. This is when she like blows ink into like a, a butler or something. She blows tobacco or, in his pipe. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Whatever. I couldn't tell what it was. Um, what's your name? What's wrong? You can't speak. But to regain her voice, the sea witch's spell must be broken. Move it. We've got an emergency here. I think that's, that's scuttle. scuttle. Broken by the kiss of true love. And then we get a little sting of kiss the girl. Um, it's Walt Disney Pictures 28th full length animated motion picture featuring dozens of delightful new Disney characters and seven magical new songs. Only seven songs, not 27. You know, Alan Menken <laughs> did it for the musical, so... Sha la 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 la, don't stop now. Don't try to hide it how you want to kiss the girl. This holiday season, share the wonder and magic with a very special entertainment event, a fantastic adventure above the waves and under the sea. Walt Disney Pictures, The Little Mermaid. It's interesting they call it a holiday event because The Little Mermaid came out on November 13th, 1989. So. I mean, yeah, so when when in this trailer they didn't have the specific date attached to it, oh, it was just okay. like, coming so it was like a coming soon. This kind holiday of thing? season, oh, okay. whether it's December, November. Doesn't really matter. It's later this year. Yeah. At the end. Okay. So yeah, I would. I mean, if we went back and looked at the box office, I'm sure it was playing into December. Oh, absolutely. Pretty successfully. Absolutely. Well. But yeah. Thank you for that. That one worked. Yeah. Well, because last time you had said that you had seen the Cinderella trailer on the Little, the Little Mermaid. Mermaid DVD. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why uh, Little Mermaid. I tried to do 101 Dalmatians, but the trailer was mostly like scenes. Yeah. And so it wasn't working because you need like the voiceover and like the on-screen yeah. words and stuff mm-hmm. to tie it all together. Well, that was minute 48 of High School Musical 3 senior year and a Mad Lib trailer of The Little Mermaid 1989 yeah. version. Yeah, not the, not, the, not the live action remake. We hate that one. I didn't hate that one. <laughs> I didn't see it. I thought Halle Bailey was delightful. Until next time. You can find us on social media. We're at Amateur Nerds on Instagram. At Wildcat Minute on Tumblr. You can send us an email to AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Yes, let us know what your favorite Little Mermaid is. Is it that weird animated one that came out like from not DreamWorks? I think it might have been 20th Century Fox in like the 90s. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. It's okay. Is it the Little Mermaid 2? 
Ah, what's the subtitle for that one? That one's got a good subtitle. It's like Melody's Adventure or something. I don't Um, know. (laughs) Or The Little Mermaid 3. A twist in time. That's, no, that's Cinderella. Cinderella three. I don't know. I, is there a Little Mermaid three? Yeah, I didn't think it's there like was. about her sisters and stuff. It's not good. Like Cinderella three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, no, that's Cinderella two. Cinderella. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah. Special thanks to our artist Theo Golden at T Golden Art on Instagram. And our music man Joe Winslow, whom you can find at JoeWinslowMusic.com. I've been Condra. And I've been Tyler. We'll see you next time to find out. If Tiara betrays Gabriella, you can bet on it. He's very thorny, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs>